Welcome to Week Points, the podcast where we discuss what we've watched, listened to, read and done over the past week. I'm one of your hosts, Rich, and with me as ever is Nick. Nick, how's your week been? Um, all right, all right. Um, unfortunately for our podcast, it's been almost blissfully TV-free. Having said that, of course, we have got something, uh, something a bit of a first for us. But I'll let you introduce that later on. Yeah. Um, listen to is a bit better. Um, I've been playing uh, an audio book uh, this week. Just started a new audio book. Mm. Uh, it's Underland by Robert McFarlane. Uh, it it right. won the, I think, is the Whitbread Fiction Prize, the Non-Fiction Prize. Um, it's it's essentially about um, stuff that's underground, uh, like uh, up in North Yorkshire. There's a as a, uh, a place looking for the uh, dark matter, and the, I think I'm up to chapter four. Beautifully written and really really interesting. And if you're into that kind of non-fiction thing, it's really worth a listen. I'm 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 describing it terribly. Uh, stuff that's underground. <laughs> that's fucking you know. Yeah. My my little girl's hamster is currently underground. <laughs> For about a month now since it died, but uh, you know the book doesn't dedicate dedicate it to uh, Ivy's hamster. Uh, it's not you'll be you'll be sad to know that's a spoiler, obviously. Um, but really fascinating. So throw 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 us a bone here. Then what kind of things are underground? Um, well, I mean, the first chapter is all about this little journey he takes uh, with a mate of his, I think, in the southwest, to look at a cave. I mean, you know, it's not just potholing, but it's the networks of, of trees and he, he kind of it's more of a profound look at how uh, the world below us we know less of than the world above you know we, we've investigated yeah. space uh, for centuries yeah. and we haven't really investigated and it's you know there's there's um, the old uh, Paris Metro he goes into talks about some of the tunnels there and uh, yeah. it's it's uh, it's amazing and um, again, I, I, I'm really underselling it in a terrible, terrible manner uh, because, and I'll tell you the reason, because the guy they've got to read it has got such a beautiful voice. I don't know who he is. I can't remember. He will have said it at the beginning, but I've been listening now. I've restarted it four times because I start it on a night and I'm listening to it. And it's really nice, and I get through the first chapter, and I stop it. And I think, oh, I'm getting a bit tired. Uh, he's sending me to sleep. That bloke. His, his voice is so delightful. He's so easy and so <laughs> yeah. gentle. And so, yeah. so you know, um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do another chapter. I'll, I'll give it another go, and I start listening to the. And I wake up, and I don't know where the you know in the and then I look on the audible thing, and you know I'm into chapter eight. And I'm about three, two thirds of the way through chapter eight, and I think, "Fuck, I've no idea what's going on." But you know, this guy's voice is still, <laughs> you know, intoning him beautifully, and so I have to stop it and just guess at where I was up to, and then eventually give it up and start from the beginning. So yeah. yeah so when I said I've started a new book, what I mean is I've restarted an old book uh, from last year. But uh, Underland, Robert yeah. McFarlane, really, really good. Uh, yeah, I mean, literally, you could find, you could pick anything from any chapter, and it'll be absolutely amazing. Uh, it's fa- it really really fascinating. So there you go. Yeah. So not not viewing. You've just been listening and falling asleep. Then I've been listening and falling asleep a bit. Uh, you know, I've I've done my usual thing. My dad's toes looking particularly milky this week, so I'm a bit worried about that. <laughs> Good. Um, and yeah, it's great. Great news. Um, I don't know what else have I done. Uh, did a quiz one night via Zoom. Um, Ivy, uh, trying to trying to teach Ivy, uh, catch her up with a year, things like that. Really. 
Well, I'll tell you what we've both been doing. Yeah, I do. Go on, talk about it. <laughs> Jesus. We set a challenge. <laughs> we had some correspondence in. Yes, we did. Thank, thanks thanks to Ian. Well, I say thanks to Ian for the correspondence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in the end, it turned out to be really unwelcome correspondence. Um, Ian was a little bit perturbed by our coverage of Tipping Point. He's a big Tipping Point fan. <laughs> um, felt it was our views were unduly harsh. Um, and so as a kind of... I didn't realise it at the time what kind of punishment it would be, but as a punishment, he said that we should both watch um, one episode of Netflix's original Too Hot to Handle. Mm. And so we both watched, well, one episode. We couldn't watch more than one episode, but we both watched the first episode of Too Hot to Handle. Yes, we did. Um, So... For those blessed people who are unaware of Too Hot to Handle, um, it's a show where they take lots of young, beautiful people to an island. Vacuous, fame, hungry body fascists. (laughs) We'll get to that. Okay. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful young um, people um, to a kind of holiday resort island they make it out like it's an island um and seemingly they they don't know why they're there um even though they've obviously auditioned for the program and have some idea about what the premise is i don't know um, so the the idea behind the show is that they've got these people there and they seem to be under the impression that they they're just there to um eat, drink, and cop off with each other. Yeah, be young, have fun, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's an equal kind of mix of um, men and women on there. Um, And they're told after the first day that that's not the reason why they're there. The reason that they're there is because um, they are all... They're commitment phobes, aren't they? They're all kind of... Yeah, they are commitment phobes. Uh, and at the same time, quite promiscuous. Yes. I mean, they're not, that's not me making a judgment call on that. They'll have little interviews with them and they all say that they are. So, um, And they're told that there is a prize of $100,000 if they can make it through two weeks without any sexual contact uh, either on their own or with other people, and the sexual contact includes snogging. Essentially, yeah, yeah. Um, you could touch somebody's bum, and I think that they count that as being a sexual thing. And obviously, <laughs> the more that they do this, and I, I'm guessing that the worse the offence is, the more money gets lost from their prize pot. Yeah. Um, so they'll learn this later on in the game. Um, what we spend the majority of the episode doing is be introduced to all these people. So they introduce him with like a little interview vignette um, done in the studio before they go to the island. Um, and then obviously we see him on the island and how they interact with people. Yeah. Um, so the first person that they hit us with is um, a girl from Essex. England. Essex in particular, uh, Chloe. Um, now, Chloe 
<laughs> by her own admission, um, uh, books out really for her. <laughs> <laughs> She's not a reader. Um, I don't even think that she'd be in for the audio book. I'm, I've got to be honest with you. No, I'm sure. I'm not. I'm. I'm guessing that she's not fallen asleep listening to Underland at any point. No, possibly listening to Underpants. <laughs> yeah, there, there is a good chance of that. Um, you gonna play the clip? So, I am going to play the clip. So this is this is a clip of of Chloe introducing herself. Hi, I'm Chloe. I'm 20 years old. I'm quite ditzy as well, so you've just got to be really patient with me because <laughs> I'm not the brightest spark um, in the book. So I, w- I have to say that when I when I first heard that, because you'd already you'd you'd watched this episode before me, uh, I, yeah. I I um I tried to put off the punishment. Uh, for as long as I could, and I stalled on five minutes twelve seconds for the best part of a day, and then then watched the rest of it later on. But um, when Chloe said what you just heard, I'm not the brightest spark in the book. My immediate thought mm. was, oh, she's no stranger to a house fire. Because why, why the yeah? Why are, why are her books sparking? What's what's going on there? Because maybe she's telling the truth. Who knows? Maybe maybe she sees maybe. books maybe full she... of sparks. Pyromaniac. Or, or she's just she's not very good at it. Yeah, there's, that that is possible. I'm not. I I I just can't get a good flame going on all these books that I don't want around me. So from from there we got to a, a guy from New Jersey. Um, so Chloe waited patiently in the resort. All very uh, saw a, a a chap come walking along. Uh, I mean, it looked a bridge height kind of guy, but uh, caught, uh, once the rest of the guys were there, he obviously felt like he was sitting down a well. And 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 his name was Sharon, basically Sharon, but with a double. And uh, and he, he was he was um, character rich. What would you what would you say? What would you, would... Um, he was not burdened by um, self awareness. I don't think. Or self effacement. Um... No, no, no. He was um, not. He's not short on confidence, is our Sharon, um, despite his diminutive stature. Uh, well, <laughs> he um, he he went to college for seemingly a very specific reason, or should I say, once he was at college, he he was looking for a very specific piece of knowledge, uh, <laughs> as you'll hear in this next clip. I study women and gender studies at college. If you really pay attention, you kind of get the blueprint to how to pick up women. Yeah, it's an unusual thing to spend all that money to go to college just to find out how to cop off with people, isn't it? Fascinating as well that he would go and pick uh, gender studies to learn about women just to just to then objectify them and treat yeah. them like shit. Yeah. You know, I would imagine that the course leader was sort of going, okay, so for everybody but Sharon, this next module is going to be about female empowerment in the 20th, late 20th and early 21st century. And we'll touch on everybody and we'll, go, we'll reference, you know, we'll back reference people going way back as far as Curie, we'll come through into the modern and we'll go as far as, you know, into Taylor Swift territory. But for you, Sharon, you read between the lines if you want. You look at this as just yeah. an attempt to look at Lassa's tits and find pickup lines because that's really what it's about. And you've you've broken the code, Sharon. <laughs> Fuck you know. Yeah, he he seemed to have just gleaned from all he'd heard while he was in college that, um, well, now I know what things to not mm. say and things I can get away with saying that will then help me 
fuck people. <laughs> yeah, but but fuck people with what, Rich? Fuck people with what? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> if somebody asked me what um, what thing I was most proud of, um, I mean, there's lo- there's lots of things, isn't there? You, there's lots of things that probably have, yeah. over the course of your life have probably emotionally touched Your upbringing, you. it, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be like it could be helping helping somebody, or it could be that you've overcome some adversity in your life. Absolutely, um, coping with yeah, coping with a with a with a, a physical or mental uh, problem. Yeah, that, that's very you could be proud yeah. of. Yeah, it could be that you've had a, helping someone through a disease. Yeah, or you've maybe had a difficult childhood, and you, you know you've not maybe been brought up in the nicest of areas, but you've managed to come out of it, you know, unscathed. Um, Absolutely. So, Sharon, he he was asked what he was most proud of, and um, and was. this is what he said: "What I'm most proud of is my penis." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still makes me laugh, man. Yeah, I mean, God Almighty. He said he's a, he. The thing that he's most proud of, he has had absolutely nothing to do with. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> no involvement yeah. whatsoever. No. Absolutely. So you're most proud of your anatomical lucky dip. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. But the, but what uh, what our listeners won't uh, appreciate and and will appreciate until if they decide to take the plunge and watch this this show, um, when he was describing that, he then held a can of deodorant or air freshener. In his uh, hand. Yeah, it was air freshener. It was an air yeah. freshener, as if to suggest I am hung like a big a big uh, can of Febreze. Well, he'd he'd said that he's taken. Several pictures with it, ne- with it next to his his penis. Yes, he did. As a comparison, did that. you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, one one has to assume he said that because, as you may have told him from the uh, the first clip, he, he doesn't um, he doesn't slow down when he's speaking, doesn't Sharon? He he speaks quite quickly and it's a little bit mumbly. I struggled with all all the people who came onto the show. I did struggle with Sharon. I wasn't sure all the time what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. He was... I mean, it, perhaps he, he felt like he needed to make up for his lack of stature. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Well, the, the show had um, a kind of odd tone all the way through mm. it in that there was a lot of very blatant, unsubtle, sexual talk and um intent all the way through it uh and there was there were in the interviews a lot of them were saying like a lot of the guys especially were saying i've slept with so many women i can't even count them well what one, one uh, guy and it would it would be a emba- yeah sorry no, just, one one guy one guy said all he wanted to do was uh, was travel the world and spread his seed and mm. <laughs> yeah you know I really hope he was an arable farmer, but I don't think he was. No, I don't think no. he was. And but then they they seem to swing from from talking about how big their cock was to being like euphemistic about things. One of the things one of them says is sexually I'm a lot to handle. <laughs> well, you can, it's pretty pointless saying I've got a massive cock me and I like fucking women, <laughs> loads of them, loads of them all the time to then go in Yes, sexually, I'm quite a lot to handle. Yeah, yeah you mean you like fucking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've just said that. I'm a lot to handle. I'm a lot to yeah. handle. 
That was the same guy who said he wanted to spread his seed. Oh, was it that guy as well? He was the, also the guy who said, uh, have you ever had a long-term relationship? I mean, I'm talking like, you know, four weeks. Oh, no, yeah. I've never done four weeks, yeah. came the reply. Long-term. That was Matthew, wasn't it? Matthew from Colorado. Yeah. <clears throat> you, who everybody calls Jesus because he's got a beard and he wore a woolly hat when he walked into the compound. Oh, I, I have to say compound. as well, that I can't remember whether it was Chloe or one of them, uh, said, oh, is that woolly hat part of your religion? I don't know it for any religion. I, I've, you know, and I've looked it up. I can't see any religion um, with a prerequisite for which, or one, one of the one of the strictures is that you wear a beanie hat to cover your head. No, I mean at a push, you could maybe go for some some people who maybe follow the Rastafari <laughs> might wear s- some knitted headgear. Potentially, but they tend to. You know, follow the colours of. Um... Yeah, and it's more, and it's that's, and it's more of a function that, and the fact that he was one of the whitest people that you'd ever hope to meet. This is a very good point. Um, the first meeting, I've, I've, I've missed out. The very first meeting. Um, so Chloe's in the compound first, and then she's waiting, and then Sharon, Sharon comes in, and um, within I think two minutes of him meeting her, he asks her to mm. do a twirl. So he can, so he can get a better look at her, and she does it. <laughs> she, yeah. she does it. There's, there's a, there was a moment as well when, when, um, when they're all standing there. I mean, you know, these these people. I, I don't know what the what the audition was like. You know, whether or not there was uh, any kind of prerequisite beyond a suntan, a six pack, and the IQ of a gerbil, which I'd said to you, which before. Um, but uh, you know, clearly Chloe had had fessed up and fronted up about you know I, I like um, nothing really. I'm I'm a bit ditzy, you know. Um, and and so Sharon was standing there, asked her to do a twirl, and then she says, "What do you drink?" Oh no, sorry. Before that, sorry. There's one other thing she did. So he's approaching her, and uh, she said, she looks and she looks away like she's utterly shocked. Oh my god, he's got tattoos. Yeah. Like nobody's got tattoos and she's never seen a tattoo. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a little bit like, you know, bringing an Australian kid over at winter here and suddenly seeing snow. Yeah. Oh my God, he's got tattoos. Yeah. Where, where have you been, Chloe? There's loads of them like that. There was loads of them like, um, I'm really into tattoos. And I'm thinking, well, no, that's not, how it, that's not how it works because what if he's got like a, a tattoo of like SpongeBob SquarePants with a massive knob? And he, he's he's cheesing on a dog shit. You're not gonna go. Oh, I really love your artwork, are you? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just... I did the worst tattoo I ever saw. Was the swimming pool was a bloke who got a tattoo of the Tasmanian de- devil bumming a dog on <laughs> <Yeah>. his chest. <laughs> I love I love tattoos. Look at this one. I love tattoos. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I like some of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you like tattoos, do you? Well, get a load of these swastikas. <laughs> what if someone? Had... You... Yeah, imagine if you had Bono's face tattooed over your own face. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so. It was so weird. There was loads of them going like with their little mini obsession about. Oh yeah, what do you look for people? Well, I like tattoos. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's not a thing to look for, is it? Yeah, my uncle Norman had tattoos, uh, but he was my uncle Norman in his eighties. He had tattoos from yeah. when he was in the King's Own Yorkshire Light Infantry and part of the D Day London. Yeah. Doesn't make him yeah. viable, too hot to handle. But the point I was going to make, sorry, when Sharon and um, and and Chloe managed to get the lid off a bottle of champagne, the lid, the, the cork out of a bottle of champagne. He said, shall we have a toast? And he went, let's toast to the beautiful people. 
Uh, yeah. And that's when I first reached for my pitchfork. Yeah. I wanted to skewer them both like a body fascist kebab. It was um, it was all a bit Aryan Nation, all the conversation, yeah, wasn't it? Um, there was more Isn't people it? introduced. I'm going to give you um, one of them, Kells. Kells is yeah. another Brit, um, and he's he's a man of um, he's a man of words as oh, well yeah. as actions. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. is Kells. Um, one of the things that Kells said was uh, I did have to jot this down because I didn't want to miss out on this quote he said um, being an alpha I'm not chasing man like Kells has got his own gravitational force <laughs> yeah referring to himself in the third person <laughs> Jesus yeah yeah and, and he, he just nipped in there with saying you know I'm an alpha just in yeah. case you didn't you didn't know basically Kells if you have to say it you're not but I, I loved I loved that weird um, that that uh, oh, it's a, not a dichotomy really just the duality of him going oh, I've got a lion tattooed on my arm I've got a lion that's the power that's the power of Kells a lion my favourite film's The Lion King <laughs> and you, you sort of go oh, oh yeah sweet yeah okay, okay. it it it's because it's based on Hamlet or just because it's got lions in it or what is it, what is it about The Lion King that cute kid friendly Disney film. That help that helps you as the yeah. as the alpha, be you, Kells. I mean, it's obvious, Nick. It's a, it's the Elton John soundtrack, isn't it? Can Kells feel the love tonight? <laughs> can Kells feel Kells can? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kells. I I, did you mention David from London? He was the the rounded off the bridge. He did. David. Yeah, yeah. David, David said um, early doors that he um, I don't have much patter. I'll just go into a pub and I'll take my top off. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, fair enough. He'd obviously been to the gym, worked out and so on and so forth. But he said, that, uh, you know, I, I try and be a gentleman. I, I, I want my mum to be proud of me. And he had a big smile on his face. A big old dimwit smile. And then later on, within, I don't know, within 10 minutes, uh, he was saying that I've got a London accent. And basically, with American birds, a London accent's like you've got a 12-inch dick. And honestly, my mind flashed to his mum watching it. You've got all the relatives round, the neighbours. My son's in this new show, can watch Netflix. He's on this new show. Yeah. Making us proud. Absolutely. Making, no, but maybe his mum said, oh, son, you made me so proud. But your nan wants a fucking word. <laughs> I mean, if I, was in a, if I was in the kind of bar where people came in and just took their shirts off and didn't immediately get thrown out... I'd, I'd know I was in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What else have you got noted down? Matthew, the um, Jesus Well, one of the, was not Jesus. one of the conversations that um, at, at one point, uh, David and... I think it was David and Kells and Sharon were sat together and um, Sharon was bemoaning the fact that he thought, when, he, when everybody first came in, he was thinking... Oh well, you know, I'm um, a, a couple of white guys came in and they were tall, and he was like, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm shorter than them, but at least I'm like the only black guy in there, so I've got I've got that going for me." As like a point of difference, and then he said, and then like you came in and he pointed to Kells and like you were like black and then you're you're tall, and I'm like fucking, you know, that's that's one of my things gone then, and he kept saying about the fact that he was shorter than everybody else. 
and um, I think it was it was Gazala Kells or David um, turned to him and said, "Yeah, but you've got a good chat." And then they all laughed like that was the <laughs> shittiest thing to have. I mean, yeah, yeah, you poor fucker, you can't rely on genetics like we do. You've got to you've got yeah. to work it by having conversational <laughs> prowess. Yeah. You yeah, sad fucker. You... <laughs> you using nouns and verbs. Yeah. Imagine getting it's like some like the shittiest school playground. Imagine getting bullied by the fa- for the fact that you can hold a conversation. <laughs> Look at you, well, he's, yeah. oh, he's, oh, we've got one of them talkers here. Yeah, fucking wordy wordsmith. Here he is. Look at him. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he smells nice because he's always got an air freshener with him. <laughs> yeah. Why is, yeah, strange. He keeps, I think he's got two. He's got two, <laughs> he's got two with him. Mm, he must go through it. <laughs> yeah. There was a bit of snoggage um, early doors before the band came in. Um, and uh, the, the camera... The camera work was, um, well, I mean, voyeuristic, I suppose, is putting it lightly. Yeah. Honestly, at one point, it looked like a cow trying to eat an apple. There was <laughs> there was lots and lots of, um, obviously, shots where they've asked them to, like, dance under a shower. Um, yeah. You know, for some reason, that's the first thing you'd do. Oh, well, God, I've had a few drinks. The music's playing. I better go dance under that shower. Um, yeah. There was lots of that kind of ogling <laughs> shots for yes. everywhere. Um, I should I should give a, a mention to um, I think one of my least favourite characters in this was uh, Haley, who came from Florida, and <laughs> Haley was um, like a kind of statuesque blonde, um, and she took a a bit of a fancy to Harry, who was from Australia. Um, that kind of flummoxed Haley because, as she said in the interview in the studio, Harry's from Australia, and I've literally no idea where that is. <laughs> <laughs> and bearing in mind that Haley is, uh, I'm guessing, not one of the leading American universities, but she still managed to get in one of them. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wonder. I wonder what maps she's seen. None. No, I I'm going to put it out there. None. No, no maps. <laughs> oh, my, yeah, yeah. There's a, there is a there is a good chance <clears throat> that she's either never seen a map of the world or seen it and not taken any of it in. Ah, like that Lyle Watson thing, you know, the the, the uh, quantum is he quantum physicist uh, scientist who writes those books about, you know, I think he wrote the book about how, um, when uh, slavers uh, arrived on the African coast, the, yeah, uh, the the, uh, the people uh, were um, became quite easy to 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 capture because they'd never seen anything like that, yeah. so they were blind yeah. to it. So maybe yeah. looking at a, look looking at a map, she just sees an expanse of blue and the United States and nothing else. Yeah, I guess so. I, I didn't I didn't feel like her point of interest was anywhere outside of her sorority. No, no. To be honest, no. She was quite a slow talker as well. Oh <laughs> she? yeah, she was. Yeah. She was really, she was, her, her big selling point for her sorority was that um, she got invited to a lot of frat parties. 
um, yes. every frat party that was going and they can get pretty wild there's lots of drink involved and one of her friends fell off the roof of a frat house and broke a neck that in she was like you know it's that kind of that that kind of fun it's that kind of yeah, deal that. <laughs> yeah brilliant yeah, everyone's had that kind of fun haven't they yeah well she's i think she's had too much of that kind of fun because she talked like she'd fallen on her head quite a few times <laughs> yeah. um, I think they just turned her upside down got all of her feet and used her like a fucking pogo stick <laughs> bouncing around campus come on Haley, take us for a ride um now i think it was matthew was matthew the one with the woolly hat Matthew from Colorado. So Matthew uh, from Colorado, yeah. <clears throat> he, he, he's his point of difference was that he had a, a bit more of a beard going on, and he came into the house wearing a t-shirt and some like harem kind of trousers, yeah. and um, he had a, a woolly beanie on, and that immediately led everybody to then call him Jesus for all of that episode. <laughs> And the showrunners, we've not seen any of the rest of it, so they, they may be um, yeah. you know, labelled Jesus for the rest of the series or for however long he's in it. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, the showrunners decided to uh, play Hallelujah every time he was uh, shown. They did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a nice touch, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Very original. I'd never never seen that before. Kells had a good conversation with Jesus. Did, At one he? point, he said to him, he said, you're a deep thinker like me. What do you think of Francesca? And Jesus said, "She's cool, man." And that, and that was literally that was as far as it went. <laughs> uh, which wouldn't have been I wouldn't have taken any note of it, but for the fact that he he preempted the whole conversation by, with that statement, "You're a deep thinker like me." Yeah, absolutely. And then that just went nowhere. Mm. It was a very abstract statement, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. It was like I'm going to say this, but then. Everything I say after it will have no relevance yeah, yeah, yeah. to we'll, it. We'll totally make a lie of everything I said. I set it up, mm. and then yeah. And so while they're having this conversation uh, about how deep thinkers they are, Chloe is walking around them, and um, they're saying that make a few comments about her not being the brightest spark in the book. And then at one point, she stands up and she goes, "Boom, pow," <laughs> and and um. Then she walks off, and then they look at each other, and Kel says, she keeps coming out with these (laughs) (laughs) one-liners. Boom and pow. I'm going to say it now, Kel's. No. Boom and pow are not one-liners. They're just words, aren't they? They're just words. They are. Yeah. They are. Wow. That's they are they are to one liners what catchphrase the the TV show was to actual (laughs) catchphrases. You know. Fucking not yeah. nowhere near. I don't. I don't know why she said those things in the first place. She said "boom power." She said a few other things, but "boom power" I think were the were the big hitters. Mm. <clears throat> they seem to really get the crowd oh, rocking yeah. and rolling. She's going to open with that when she when she when she plays Caesar's Palace. She'll open with "boom power." It's a solid. It's a solid one. Oh line. fuck yeah! Solid. She's a regular Bob Monkhouse, isn't she? Um, it was at this point. Um, that I I did one of my many checks to see how long there was left on this program. <laughs> my first was at three minutes, man. Yeah, I, I was like that. I was like, how long are we looking at? Is this half an hour? No, 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 a full forty-seven minutes. Yeah, the the TV people have all of their discussions with 
I'm going to call them housemates just for the sake of it being a Big Brother reference. Um, so where on Big Brother, um, they would either have a one-on-one in like the diary room or they would get a message over the kind of house speaker system. Um, but that's not good enough for, for the future like we're living in now with Too Hot to Handle. They've got a kind of their version of like Alexa or mm. like Google Home in there with these little white cones that are in each room that have got a light in them and so they'll make a noise the light comes on and then they will say like housemates or whatever you need to all go to the seating area so when they were all musing about what these things were because they hadn't made any announcements through it and one of them uh, I can't remember who it was I think it might have been Francesca had said uh, I wonder what they are Perhaps they're going to pump pheromones into the room <laughs> so that we all, like, get into an orgy. I mean, that that was her first thought. She looked at that and thought, that's probably one of those pheromone pumpers. <laughs> Very popular in Canada, where she's from, clearly. Very, yes. Um, speak of little else. So when, when, when it did come on uh, and started making its pronouncements... Um, the light came on first and it made a noise. Chloe looked at it and said, Whoa, are we in Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where do you go with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, clearly she has as much bafflement about that kind of technology as Chloe did with tattoos. You know, this is not a world uh, that she inhabits where, you know, gadgets can now, uh, you know, synthesise and, and, and speak with a... With a, with a yeah, know. yeah. I mean, what, what kind of Amish fucking <laughs> land is she living in? Where a device yeah. in a house lights up and then, and then a voice comes out of yes. it. That's pretty much everybody's yeah, house yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And if it's not your house, you must have seen it. Surely to God. Yeah, unless she's part yeah. of the Plymouth Brethren, uh, who are, you know, a little like, you know, they're, they're not the Amish, but they are a very, it is very similar sort of, you know, we, we don't watch television, we don't read newspapers, we don't, uh, uh, we don't have any fun. Um, you know, so, sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. That's that's very mean. However, none of the Plymouth fucking brethren are going to be listening to this shit because none of it exists. No, it's no, all the devil's no. trick. So, uh, so fuck it. Is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Overall, um, it's fucking unbearable television. Absolutely unbearable. It, it's it's as I said to you earlier, didn't I? It's it makes Love Island look like the world at war. Um, well, I think I think one of the th- one of the things because um, I was trying to. I was trying to describe it to die or what it was like. And I, I, I've seen I've seen like um Love Island and um I was trying to make because there is a lot of comparisons to make. There's a, there's a lot an awful lot of similarities and there's a lots of lots of things that they've seemingly stolen from that format. Um but one of the difference one of the and one of the key differences is um Love Island, the essential however false it is the essential premise of Love Island is that they get people together in the hopes that people will find a connection with the other people that are in there with a view to there being some kind of romantic relationship. However false that is, you know, they're just going to get together for a week and shag and then that'll be it. Nothing will happen afterwards. Yeah, win the money, split the money and fuck off. 
Yeah. The the still the premise of the of the program is that you know we want to get people to fall in love with each other. Yes. Yes. This too hot to handle has none of that. Its premise is we all know that you want to fuck each other. We think that you'll fuck each other. And we're going to keep talking about you fucking each other all the time. And if you do, we're going to take money away from you. And if you don't, we're going to give you money. And it's just such a kind of horrible premise. Yeah, it is. It, uh, it's a really like. It's just not a nice. No, it's not. It's very self, premise it's to go kind with. of self-defeating premise as well. They, they 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 started by saying that you know if these commitment phobic, horny young people, beautiful people, um, are take you know have that taken away from them, the opportunity to have sex, will they form meaningful relationships? Yeah. Fucking hell, they could barely eat apple sauce of a rounded spoon. You know, I wouldn't trust them with fucking yeah. crayons. I, don't, I've, I have no idea. I have no idea. And, you know, much less do I care. I don't like anybody on the show at all. But they didn't, when they were when they talked about the, the, the gift, the most brief mention at the end about, you know, if you don't have sex, then it'll force you into having some kind of meaningful relationship but they didn't lead with that in the conversation they led with you can't have sex yeah you can't have sex with with anybody else you can't have sex with yourself you can't touch people in a sexual way and they went through a lot of descriptions of what you what you couldn't do or else you're gonna lose money and then at the end it was like you know and then hopefully this will make you that none of that that all of that was just irrelevant yeah that was just a passing afterthought, so it didn't seem as kind of shallow and manipulative mm. as it actually is. There was another moment as well, wasn't there, after they said that it also includes uh, masturbation or self, whatever they said, uh, pleasure in yourself. I can't remember how they used it. Yeah. Uh, when when David from London made his mum proud again by saying, I should have rubbed one out yesterday. You yeah. Know, and I thought, uh, uh, yeah. okay. I must admit, I did laugh. Oh, did you? <laughs> I'm sure his mum did, but his nan didn't. Because <laughs> he, he did sound genuinely disappointed yes, he that he did. hadn't had a wank the day before. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> but they were absolutely devastated by the fact that they weren't going to be able to shag each other. Yes, indeed. And, and let's and let's be clear about this. This is for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> this is just two weeks. Yeah. Oh God, no, horrible! It's got absolutely fucking nothing to recommend no. it. Nothing no. at all. Do you feel if you even even if you think that on a shallow level, if you haven't seen it and you've just seen some of the pictures from it, even if you're thinking, well, I get to look at like some hot men and women wearing very very little cavorting round. Any pleasure that you think that you might get from that is just dispelled as soon as they open their mouths. Yes, unfortunately, this is this is true. What the show needs is a fucking mute. Yeah, it was just all all of it was just awful. I never never want to see another episode of that no, shit from again. The, yeah, from the moment um, Ronda and um, uh, and Sharon started, uh, you know, snogging. You know, oh, if, if yeah. that we'll, we'll build up, we'll, you know, these are not the people who are going to have meaningful relationships within. Fuck, how long have they been at the resort together? Two hours, and, uh, yeah. and he said, "Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I think I'll, I'll rub your ass for a bit." Oh no, it was the other guy. It was David. 
I'll put some suntan David, lotion on you. Well, this is this is it. This is it. David, who carries around um, a bottle of suntan lotion with him everywhere he goes because he just wants to rub it on people. So he'd gone up to that girl that he liked who was lying on a sunbed on her own and said, like, basically, can I rub some lotion on it? She immediately just flipped over and all he did was just spend five minutes rubbing lotion into her ass <laughs> and then occasionally slapping it and then going, oh, do you like that? And her going, yeah. <laughs> and then he, he he went away and he said, oh, I don't want to take it too, I don't want to rush in there. And, um, it's a marathon. It's a marathon, it's not a, a sprint. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Even despite the fact that he's just spent five minutes rubbing the ass of somebody he was literally just met. <laughs> that, and but that for him was like taking it easy. <laughs> Fucking yeah, hell! Yeah, yeah. And then slow it down, mate. Within about ten minutes of that, then Sharon comes over, and he has a bit of chat with her, and he's good at that because he's got the chat. He he, he gets her to um, lie on top of him. Um, yeah. Uh, and while, and then they have this like, like milk churningly disgusting shit chat, and then he he <laughs> just goes in there for a kiss, and they both open their mouths as wide as you could possibly get, and they were just like licking each other's lips for a bit. Yeah, and the, and the tongues. That's what looked. That's what I said. It looked like a cow trying to eat an apple. It wasn't very nice. Really gross. Um, yeah. And then there was some kind of vague euphemism about the fact that he might have got hard on while it happened and he had to carry a cushion. And it was just like, oh, oh God, yeah. it was just fucking horrible. Absolutely horrible. Actually, no, it was it was, it was was Harry and Francesca's kiss that made me think of cows and apples. It wasn't them, mm. that, them two. It was just, yeah, you're right. It was just like a big, wide, you know, it was it was very strange. Yeah. It was like um, when you see in a James Bond film a spaceship docking with the space station. Yeah. Not a James Bond film. Any kind of science fiction. The two big open, big moors. Yeah. Had to come and click together very strange oh, it was anyway. just awful yeah. just awful yeah so that was absolutely fucking shit yeah we've done that for the listeners though yeah and if there are any other uh, programs that you want us to watch so you don't have to uh, like let's say you've seen an episode of something and you you don't really fancy watching episode two or episode three you want to know whether it's good enough to carry on let us know i'll do it i'll watch it yeah it. i've got one for next week but i'll tell you after the pod Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And it's a bad one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so thanks for that suggestion, Ian. That was wonderful. Yeah, cheers, man. Uh, we're, but we still haven't changed our opinion on Tipping Point. Oh, no, I'm totally unrepentant. It's it's for fuck... Uh, you know, sorry. No, it's uh, a... a, a, a sh- <laughs> I'm going to stop because I would say something really yeah, horrible. Yeah, no, you stop there. Um, okay. So I went on to watch um, this week's episode of Celebrity SAS Who Dares Wins because we've got to know who is tough enough to survive this. Yes, we do. So this week, um, it was Fashion who was out, unfortunately. <gasps> Fash the Bash. Fash no the Bash, yeah. I mean, I knew he'd be out at some point, but I didn't think it was going to be this early. He couldn't. Now, I don't know what the f- correct phraseology is. You know when you go down, um, uh, down like, uh, they go down a, like a cliff face on a rope, but they're going down facing down, and they're almost running down the cliff face. Is it rappelling? Uh, rappelling. Rappelling, I think. So they were, they were doing that anyway, down a cliff face. Right. And they, they'd been paired up. Um, um, 
he got paired up with the guy who we tried to choke um, in the oh, last great. episode. <laughs> so uh, it, it, he was obviously chuffed about that. Um, so everybody went up there and, um, uh, well, I would say people didn't have problems with it. Tony Bellio had a few problems with it because he didn't like heights. I mean, I do sympathise because ah. I'm not I'm not keen on heights either. But um, he had to scream at himself a few times, uh, which was nice, okay. um, before he could go down. But he did make it down, in fairness to him. And then Fash the Bash and the guy from Rudimental went up to the top. Um, and Fash just couldn't do it. He just could not do it. Oh, no. He was too scared. Um, even though um, at the top of the cliff... Um, the SAS guys were like, "Come on, come on, mate! You can do it! You can do it!" And at the bottom, the guy, the SAS guy at the bottom, was going, "Just fucking do it, or fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> great confidence builder, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the end, he he said, oh, "I just can't do it." So they got back to the base. Um, so what they do is they've all got numbers, so they're not they're not referred to by the names. Oh, okay. Throughout the program, they're referred to by the numbers, and they wear the numbers on an armband, um, okay. or it's on if they've got like safety equipment on, um, like it's on the helmet. Mm-hmm. So what they do when they're getting rid of people is they'll say um, like number seven, stand, you know, at the front in the parade ring. Right, give me a number, and they have to take off their armband and give them the number, and that means that they're out. Right. Um. So. He, the, he'd obviously failed and he was out before they'd got back to the parade ring to do this little yeah, ceremony. Yeah. So what they do after they've given over the number is they go into a separate building and they talk to like the camp doctor. Yeah. And it's basically just like a little mini debrief to say, like, are you all right? Are you men- like mentally right. are you all okay. right? Is there anything we can do for you? That kind of thing. Bit of decompression before they go back. So Fash is in there, the doctor comes in, he says, are you all right? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the doctor goes out, and then the SAS guy comes in, and because they haven't had their little ceremony on the parade ring, he goes up to Fash, and he said, um, I just need to take your number, if that's all right. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And he starts hunting round in his um, in his uh-huh. rucksack. And the guy goes, no, no, I need you. I just need your number. I just need your number, if that's all right. So he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's still hunting around in his rucksack. And he's thinking, why, why are you doing that? It's on your arm. And he pulls out <laughs> pulls out a pen and a piece of paper. Oh, no. And the guy goes, no, no, no. You number from your arm. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 yes, yeah. As if, like, the guy from the SES is desperate to get John Fashioning's fucking phone number. Oh, God. Wow, there's, there's worlds That's... in that. What is going through his head at that point? Oh, it's just, it was so, I, I just wanted to hide behind a cushion. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't bad enough that he's, he said, I'm too scared to go down the cliff, then he's, he thinks he's going to want his fucking phone number after that. <laughs> oh, he, he must really like me so much that he wants my phone number. <laughs> so then there was another one who got um, booted out, um, Yasmin Evans, who's a Radio 1 extra DJ. Right. Um she just wasn't strong enough. What, two got booted out in one week? Yeah. Ah. Um, it was going to be four because they were just sick of them. Right. And um, they didn't think they were good enough. So they were going to boot out um, Joey Essex and 
Lauren Stedman, who's the Paralympian. Right. Okay. Um, they were going to boot them two out because they're the two like best athletes in the whole thing, but uh, they can't okay. they can't work together. So they're they were like nearly the slowest right, just because okay. they couldn't get their personalities to gel. Um, but they kept them in anyway. But Yasmin they got rid of because she was like just not strong enough for the whole deal. Yeah. Um, and after they'd, they'd done this task where it was supposed to represent having to carry large pieces of equipment over a long distance, right. unfriendly terrain. So they were in the repairs and they had to carry a, a, quite a big log, wooden log, yep. and then um, a, jerry, a metal jerry can, I'm assuming, that was filled with water or sand or something. Got you. It was a really difficult task, and it was over a long, a long, like walk across this, like the moors kind of thing. But she was fucking rubbish <laughs> at it. Anyway, they got to the end, and he thought that they were all rubbish. So they were all just stood there after this long walk, and they stood on the side of this road, yeah. and it's horrible weather. And he just he just starts shouting at them all, saying that they're they're all fucking rubbish. <laughs> and um, he goes he goes up to um, he goes up to. Joey Essex and Lauren Stedman and he says um, he says to Joey Essex you're shit and then he says to Lauren you're fucking shit and then he goes up to Yasmin and you're turbo fucking shit <laughs> turbo shit <laughs> turbo That's shit uh, and then they got back to the thing and then she has to give her right. give her number up um, but remarkably she didn't think he was asking her for a phone number and um, she just gave him her, her number yeah. like she should so yeah, we've yet to see what's going to happen um, next week, mm. but they're thinning them out How a lot. Left? How many week? How many weeks are left in the show? I don't know actually. I don't know because they don't they don't go like oh well it's just one person a week getting booted out. Like they were they were on the point of getting rid of like three or four of them, and they probably should have done actually because there's some that just can't hack it. Um, so there's um, Joey Essex. Lauren, um, the Paralympian. Yeah, yeah. Brendan Cole, the Strictly Dancer. Um, Nikki, I want to say Sanderson, uh, who's an actress from Soaps. Right. Uh, the guy yeah. from Rudimental. Tony oh, Bellew, okay. obviously. I think that might be it. Um, so things are going to um, get even harder for him next week, which is good. So it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. It was worth it just to see um, um, John Fashnu think that the <laughs> the head of the SAS was ask, asking him for his phone number. Yeah, that's horrible. Fucking hell! Every time I think about that, oh, it makes me, makes me cringe. It was so awful. Um, speaking of awful, um, I watched Lincoln Rhyme again. <clears throat> it's another episode. We're on episode three. Um, this episode was entitled "Russian Roulette" um, uh, because there were Russian people in it. There was the, <laughs> it had no other relevance. It, well, there was no element of roulette. There was no element of it being Russian roulette. Not that didn't apply. <laughs> so even from the title of the episode, they're on a, they're on the wrong foot. What I did realize, oh well, there's two things. The two things that I realized right at the start was I've been calling it. Lincoln Rhyme, uh, Hunt for the Bone Collector, and it's Search for the Bone Collector. It, so I, I am, right. I am sorry about that. If that's hampered your um, search for this program, 
I am very sorry. Um, but believe me, I've been doing you a favour by getting that wrong. Um, one of the things that Lincoln Rhyme does, he talks like a Wikipedia article. You know, like if you got like um, AI learning and you just asked yeah, yeah. it to read out Wikipedia articles instead of you using your eyes and reading <laughs> it in your head. He talk he talks like that. So he talks in in like right, paragraphs okay. of very dry statements. If somebody said like they were talking about Hull, he he would say Hull, better known as Kingston upon Hull, originally discovered in, and he right. would just tell you and the land masses, and he he just talks like that. It's just a series of facts. Okay, and that's supposed to signify that um, he's very clever. But it yeah, doesn't make yeah, him sound yeah, yeah. clever. It makes him sound like he's just one of these people who can remember facts. <laughs> he's probably really good at a quiz. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's one yeah. of the... Like, if he was on Eggheads, he'd be fucking smashing it every week. There was a scene involving um, a cemetery, which was lucky because um, we hadn't had any of his um, thinking about things, talking about things, and then it popping up in front of his eyes. So that, that gave us a good chance for them to show some visuals of what a cemetery looks like. For in case anyone who's... For people who are watching who have never never seen a cemetery. Brilliant. Yeah. Good, good yeah. useful. I mean, even if it was for the... Even if it was for the people who were there, they're all hardened detectives. <laughs> so I'm guessing they're kind of au fait with a cemetery. What One would have thought. At one point, he... Um, right at the start, he told... Somebody had said... Had put like two and two together about some things that they'd found out and said, Oh, I think it, it could be this thing. And he admonished them and said, <laughs> We should never jump to conclusions. We should always just follow the facts because that's where the truth lies. And then, okay, I'd say three quarters of the way through it, they were hunting for um, a missing girl. <clears throat> um, and three quarters of the way through it, um, two of these detectives went to a house and they opened up um, the wardrobe. And as the woman was going through the wardrobe, she's got the camera on so that Lincoln can see everything that's going on. She uh-huh. pulled apart um, some of the clothes. And for some reason, there was um, a polo shirt that belonged to this girl that had gone missing. But it wasn't hung like all the other clothes, it was hung flat against the back of the wardrobe. Oh. It doesn't really make any sense. It makes sense for it being an easy camera angle, yeah. um, <laughs> but it didn't yeah. make sense in any other as- in, in any other respect. Right. So she parted all these clothes. They saw the, the T-shirt. He immediately said, oh, they're in the house of the guy that took the girl, and I think that the people in the town have found out about it and then they've killed him and then they've buried him somewhere nearby. Now, bearing in mind, this is just from looking at a T-shirt. Right, okay. And this is 20 minutes after he said, follow the facts. don't make wild accusations like that. Let's just follow the facts. Yeah. So basically, the fact there is, there's a T-shirt belonging to the girl in a wardrobe. And th- that's it, really. <laughs> you know, you might think it, 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 it could belong to... The girl. You've got no evidence of that. No, sure. So far. There's there was not they didn't do any DNA testing. They didn't take any hairs from it. It was a it was a white polo shirt from a school. So that didn't really narrow it down. 
I mean, the guy could feasibly have got a daughter who went to that school and it's just hers. But no. No. That 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 would be ridiculous. Yeah, Lord. yeah you're not following the facts. The there, most are you? logical thing is Yeah, the <laughs> most logical thing is he's he's abducted a girl. For some reason he's kept this trophy quite quite visible. Um and you've deduced from that that people have found out about it and killed him. That's why he's not there. Uh, I mean, this program has my f- I have my fucking head in my hands when I'm watching it. Um, <laughs> it did give him a chance to bring out some of the worst Russian accents you've ever heard. Uh, oh, excellent. Central casting Russian accents. Oh, fabulous. yeah, yeah. It was very much um, Here Come the Meerkats. One part of it was um, the guy who'd, who'd supposedly abducted this girl. Um, part of his backstory that was that he was a stonemason. Um, so they had this whole thing about um, lots of his trademark carving into the things that he did. They they did they, they deduced this. They didn't know this. They did, deduced it from what they'd seen. Um, his trademark carving that he put on all his works was a fleur de lis. Okay. You know that really unique symbol in <laughs> in yeah. carving yeah. the fleur de lis. <laughs> it could only be him. <laughs> it's never been seen anywhere else. No, but just no, no, just no. by him, that very rare. It's, yeah, it's as it's as unique as a fingerprint that fleur de lis. <laughs> <clears throat> so they 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 went to his house, and he's got he's a so he's this stonemason. He's got the he's got what looks like a fireplace from a castle. <laughs> so he's seemingly, even though he's a stonemason, he's decided to stone carve a fucking a massive stone fireplace um, and he was just living, basically living in like a, a two up two down so there's this vast fire fireplace that looks like if you knocked an ornament it would all swivel round and, <laughs> <laughs> and Indiana Jones would be sat there with his dad <laughs> on fire, on fire <laughs> yeah, frantically kicking to turn it round again so he's got that, and then they're going. Um, then they look in the wardrobe, and they're like, "Oh, all right, there's the there's this T-shirt." But he must have kept this girl somewhere. Perhaps she's still alive. Well, where can he have kept her? So then they turn round, and his kitchen and his living room are all in one. His kitchen, his kitchen has got a kitchen island in it. Yeah, that's that's all stone as well. Right, <laughs> it's and it's and it's again, it's massive, and he's just put a wooden work surface on the top of it, oh, just this right. big okay. stone rectangular box. But yeah. again, they know that he's carved it because it's got a fleur de lis on the side of it. Uh... So it's not like he's invited one of his stonemason mates in to do it. <laughs> no, it's he's done it. Sure as eggs is eggs, he's carved that fucking big stone box. So then they frantically lifted the wooden work surface off because the girl, more than likely, she's going to be in there. You knew she wasn't going to be yeah. in there because there was still like 20 minutes still to go. So they, they, <laughs> they, they all struggled to get this wooden work surface off. And then they all went, oh, oh. And then there was like um, this kind of skeletal remains, but it still had clothes on it. Um, and it still had like parchment, like bits of skin over yeah, the yeah. skull and stuff and there was some hair and um, 
Lincoln's screaming at his assistant, who's got the camera on her. It's going, show, show me the body, show me the body. I need to see the body. And they're like going, she's going, she, for some reason, she's going, is it her? Is it her? And um, he's going, just, you need to show me. I can't, I can't see. Because uh, your camera, like, she's got this, there are cameras on her jacket. And this, yeah. this work surface, I mean, the work surface, why is it that high for a start? No, whose work surface is so high that you couldn't lean over it? Yeah, yeah. So she's going, oh, no, I can't. She's turned off by the smell and I think didn't want to right. look at a skeleton. And she's going, oh, I can't, I can't. And I, all the time I was thinking, just take the camera off and hold <laughs> it over. It's a camera. Just because yeah. it's pinned to your jacket doesn't mean to say that you have to be attached to it. <laughs> It's just like a phone. It's like saying, I would take a picture, but my phone's in my pocket. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and I just can't see a way around this predicament. <laughs> so eventually he's going, um, they said, well, how, how tall was the girl? And they said, oh, um, like, I don't know, like five, five foot or something. And then, they, then they, they measured the length of the box that she was in. And... Her knees were bent in it, and he went, "Oh well, that can't it can't be her then, because that woman's too tall for it. That must be like somebody else." And then they immediately just lost interest in whoever this woman was. <laughs> that was it. That was done. That was oh it was God. just one of just some old some old woman. Um, <laughs> uh, so they were trying to find out. Um, was there where, never um, any? Sorry, I'm sorry. Was there never any comment about? The smell in the kitchen. No. I mean, the, the, when they went into the room, there's obviously there's this, there's this massive stone fireplace. And they were like, ooh, that's the, that's the stone. Look, look, it's a massive stone fireplace and it's got fleur-de-lis in it. It's by the stonemason guy because he does fleur-de-lis and all his stuff. And then they walked past this enormous, like, crypt, stone crypt yeah. in the kitchen. They, they walked past it and... Beyond that, um, one of them went to the wardrobe, and then that's when they find the T-shirt. And when she turned round, two of the detectives were stood at this script, like stood with their hands on the work surface. That, but they never, never thought this is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he he is obviously a bit off kilter because he's got a massive stone fireplace. But even even that, it's a bit of a stretch to think somebody's going to then carve out a crypt and then use it as a kitchen island. <laughs> <laughs> it's in, in just basically in basically an ordinary house. Yes, indeed. Well, what they um, they found his house originally because um, somebody had they'd seen a suspicious car driving off, and it had come from um, this person uh, another person's house. So they went over to the drive and they saw some like mud. Right. But there was it was a it was a it was a piece of mud. I'd say the size of a dinner plate okay. on this drive. There's um, and there was tire marks in it. Um, obviously, the car wasn't there. Uh, so they did some tests on it, and they found out that um, the mud came from somewhere nearby. And but there was traces of uh, some kind of acid that you only get from off milk, right? Which led them to a disused dairy. Um, so, 
Again, there was nothing else on the drive apart from just this one piece of mud with some perfectly preserved tyre marks in it. Um, So this guy had managed to drive all the way from this disused dairy with one piece of mud, (laughs) a really big, a really big piece of mud. He'd driven all the way from there to this drive, and then for some reason, that's when the mud had thought, right, now I'm falling (laughs) off. This is my final resting place, place. I'm going to stick here for now. And the other thing is, it was a disused dairy. Right, fair enough. How long has that milk been hanging around yeah, that dairy yeah, yeah. for him to then pick it up in his car and then bring all the way back? Yeah, I mean that was another. That was but oh, they they did all, again. They did all the forensics for that in Lincoln Rhymes uh, dining room. Okay. So um, can't be used as evidence, obviously, because it wasn't it wasn't done in clinical conditions. While they were in, they were in some some. Oh, in fact, it was while they were in the at the crypt guy place. They'd said um, somebody had lost like a, a charm, like a monogrammed charm. And this one, and he said, oh, I think, maybe it came off, maybe it came off a key ring. And they said, oh yeah, we found we found um, like a key fob, a metal key fob, and they'd got it in this evidence bag. So he said, well, we should have a look at that. So she opened up the she opened up the clear evidence bag. That's important. Right. The fact that it's a clear okay. evidence bag. Nothing obstructing it. It was a clear plastic <laughs> okay. evidence bag. She opened up the clear evidence bag and then t- took out this metal key fob um, without wearing gloves. Of course. Um, the, we've already established in previous episodes, gloves aren't really important. Gloves are for losers. Don't, don't really need them. I mean, as long as you've got the bag... As long as at some point it goes in and out of a bag, yeah. <laughs> that's what preserves the evidence. It's mere detail, so she isn't took it? it out, uh, yeah. And then they found out that there was um, uh, a broken clasp on it, where possibly the letter had fallen off. Again, just pure supposition. Um, <laughs> but that that was very important evidence. Okay. That um, and then she just popped the thing back in the bag, and then that's fine. <laughs> so again. They theoretically solved the crime. They found the girl. They found out who'd done it and everything like that. But yet again, as I have to say, at the end of of all these episodes, none of the evidence that they gathered throughout this could ever be used in a court. (laughs) And if anything, it would suit the killer if they did try and use it because it would be inadmissible and then you're left with nothing. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you just love for programs to be retitled with actually with with titles that would better sum up the premise of the show? So that one would be just be called Shit Forensics. It's oh, a little yeah. bit like Top Gear, which yeah. I've been I've been campaigning to have retitled Twats on Wheels for many many years. I mean, when I when I was when I was little, um, one Christmas I got like um, I got given like a little detective yeah. kit. And you you could you could take people's fingerprints in it, um, and there was a little magnifying glass, and then there was another thing where you could dust for fingerprints, oh, wow. and then they gave you some kind of like um, it was like a fine powder, and they give you like a little brush, and then you could use they give you like these little strips of tape, and then you could put the tape on it, and then lift it off, and you'd have a fingerprint. Yeah. And I preserved the evidence. Better then when I was what seven than they do on this program. <laughs> I wondered where you were going with that. That's a brilliant, 
That's hilarious. Fucking, it's absolutely astonishing, yeah. man. I'll have to, I'm absolutely gonna have to get into it. That's three episodes you've described now, and I'm, I'm gonna have to get into it. Fucking yeah. hell. There's a, there is a, there's a sub story throughout all this, which is of the actual bone collector, who, um, he he keeps cropping up, um, um. And he's like a brilliant forensics guy, and it shows you him being all meticulous and stuff. Um, but he seems to be just in it because you know that pretty much come the last episode, then that's all gonna that's all gonna happen with him. But they're never gonna have more than just like a drip feed of him all the way through it, and it just feels like it's utterly fucking pointless. You know, you no. don't get anything from seeing him at all. Lincoln could just talk about him, like you, like a Wikipedia article about him, and then you could see some things flash in front of your eyes for five minutes, okay. and then you'd know everything about him. It's just such a frustrating program. It's just so, yeah, yeah. so horribly put together, with obviously so much money. I just think all the time when I'm watching it, I'm thinking yeah. all these people who are involved in it. Who had to act in it, and all the work that went into it, all the tech people, all to create this just meaningless, <laughs> cobbled together shite. Oh. oh man, fucking hell! Just the, not even a scant regard for any yeah. kind of realism. It's like just saying we're doing forensics, and they think that that's enough to say. Oh, I've used the word forensics. <laughs> There we go. Brilliant. That, and that's enough. Fucking hell, it's so annoying. Obviously, I'll be watching another episode of it. But... And I think that, that's been the sum total of my viewing this week. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. Well, like I said, I've let the side down a bit this week, and I, I feel terrible about that. I mean, I, I watched a little bit of a David Attenborough documentary with Ivy, uh, who's Palmock, and uh, I saw some penguins get savage whilst trying to go and get some fish, which was a bit yeah. awkward. And then just, uh, we, we re-watched a section with a massive, um, uh, a load of crabs running over a, a, a beach, over some pebbles, which because Ivy thought it was hilarious watching crabs, because they, they sped it up. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so that was it. Um, but I can't. I, I honestly can't tell you of uh, of, of uh, forensics or, or or very badly written things because um, I'd them. like I don't I don't watch I don't watch any kind of net programs now because um, I just find all all the the death just depressing in them. Um, it is the it? I, I just don't need to be confronted with the savage realities of nature um, in enough. in my off time. <laughs> Uh, what, but what yeah. I would like is I would like a, a program where like that, where I knew that, that nobody was going to die in it. Okay. Um, okay. I'd happily watch that. Uh, but it just makes right. me on edge all the time watching them because I think, oh, now now I'm invested in this, like, cricket. Yeah. And I know that any minute now, some some kind of toad that I've never even seen before is going to come along and be do something barbaric to it. <laughs> um, you would just eat it, basically. Well, yeah, sometimes they do that, but then, you know, with other animals, they're just some of them. They're just like they rip things apart, and then oh, yeah, they toy. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Horrible. I see the thing that always has, has always got me with nature programs is the names they give the creatures when they want to. It's not really anthropomorphizing, but it's it's you know it's it's personalizing, I suppose. Yeah. You know, and they'll say. Um, 
I mean, obviously, if it's pandas, they'll use the the, the, the traditional Chinese names. But if it's you know if it's primates or uh, you know tree tree frogs or whatever, they'll say you know, uh, by I don't know, Bilo. Bilo is uh, is lonely today, and he's waiting for 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 you know another random word. You know, Ken Kenpa or whatever. Yeah. Make these yeah. Terrible names. You know, I just I just once I wanted to be called fucking Keith and Sheila. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Look at What's wrong with a monkey Keith. called Dave? Yeah, absolutely. Keith's Keith's a bit off it today. Yeah. Here comes Sheila to cheer him up. Yeah. But it's it's whenever they um and they 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 like to talk about um whenever there's groups of animals together, oh that's that's like this is their family group. Yes. And the dynamics of the family group and all that kind of stuff. And then but then, as soon as they say they you, they give you an overview of the family group. I always think, oh, here it comes. <laughs> and then, like, you can guarantee that, like, ten minutes later, David will come on and he'll say, and it was at this point, the youngest member of the group started to fall behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, oh, he's fucked, then, isn't he? <laughs> he's fucked. Some hyena's going to come along. <laughs> They're all going to go, gather around him and rip him to pieces. <laughs> it's pointless, but I just can't deal with that. I can't deal with it. Yes, unfortunately, they, they, they grafted on. But I suppose that grafted on narrative that they create uh, does help, you know, regular and, and particularly cynical viewers uh, in seeing the signposts, the narrative signposts, and going, oh, right, this is clearly a death now. There's going to be a traumatic. There's going to be a traumatic. I incident, guess, yeah. You know? um, so. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's too much for yeah. me. It's too much for me. And what one of the things that I have, um, one of the like little bright glimmers of the lockdown has been I've seen lots of um, videos from um, like zoos where because there's no people oh, there, they've just been taking the animals around for a walk around the zoo. There's a lot of issues with zoos, obviously, sure. but um, uh, it's still nice to see the penguins going to see like the meerkats yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the elephants going to see the otters and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know what they all make of each other, but I it's nice because I know that they're not going to start ripping each other yes, apart. I suppose so, yeah. Why can't they all just get on? Well, do you know, funnily enough, I had the same conversation with Ivy today. Couldn't all the animals just eat vegetables? Well, yeah. no. That's just not, not the way it works, unfortunately. No, sadly, no. But the most important... I mean, cats. Well, cats. Cats are bastards, aren't they? They're, they're well, mercenaries. They're like yeah. Boba Fett with fucking little ears. Yeah, yeah. No. They get away with, with everything that they do just by looking cute, but, I mean, it's just like having an attractive psychopath in the house, isn't it? <laughs> like Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah, cats are Ted Bundy. Fantastic. Cats are Ted Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> Shitting in a box in your kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing, Ted? I just, I just, I'm just cronking down. Yeah. Yeah. At least hyenas Terrible. have got the basic common decency to be more of the son of Sam kind of figures. Brutal, absolute killers, as opposed to, yeah, that kind of, I'm your friend. I'm yeah. your friend. I, I am yeah. your friend. Yeah. If hyenas were people, they'd just shoot you through your door without warning you. <laughs> Yeah, whereas cats would befriend you. What was the name of the guy? 
the American guy uh, who uh, dressed kids up as he dressed up like a clown and he used to paint the faces and was it John, John Wayne Gacy? Not, it was John Wayne Gacy, wasn't it? Yeah. So maybe cats are a bit. Yeah. They are essentially all the horrible loner. We thought he was a nice guy, kind of serial killers. I think cats are a bit like um, a bit a bit like a Crippen figure, aren't they? <laughs> I think if cats were people, I think they'd be poisoners, wouldn't they? Yeah. Do you reckon they'd be poisoners? Either that, or they'd be one of those ones that um, that roofies people. <laughs> A date rape cat. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I don't think they'd rape you. I think they'd just <laughs> cut you. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. It's all gone very we, dark. Yeah, we, we might need to back away from this particular avenue of yeah. conversation. Fucking oh, hell, dear. yeah. 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 And that's this is because we featured fucking too hot to handle. Yeah, you're probably right. Oh, uh, next week we should do a um, tipping point special. A tipping point special about serial killers. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, dear listeners, um, if you've got any things that you think that we should be watching, which are good, or things that you want to make us watch, which are fucking awful, (laughs) um, you can get in touch with us by emailing weakpointspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go on to our Instagram and drop me a line on there, weakpointspodcast.com. What you can find with our Weak Points podcast feed is um, I put on pictures of uh, photographs of some of the stuff that we've talked about, and then there's a, a you know some behind the scenes stuff. Um, so check it out, Weak Points podcast on Instagram. Give us a follow and give us a message. Thank you very much for listening again, a lot. and we'll see you again next week. Bye. See you bye. soon. Bye. bye. What I'm most proud of is my penis. 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 What I'm most proud of is my penis.